I'm Sam Slater from Fund Calibre, and today I've been joined by Stuart Springham, Deputy Manager of the TM Home Investor Fund. Hi, Stuart. Hi there. Um, perhaps let's start with some good news for income investors. You've just launched some income share classes for this fund. Can you tell us a bit more about them? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, we listened to investors who wanted to be able to take a, a natural income from the fund. As the sector's low volatility and stable rents are really attractive to cautious investors. In the current climate, where cash, gilts, investment-grade bonds are offering very little interest, and dividends for equity income investors are under pressure. People are naturally looking to property. It helps the fact that rents across our 200 portfolios have been very resilient through the COVID crisis, with us collecting on average 97.5% rent demanded from March to July. And we've also had upward valuations at our portfolio in June and July. So one of the real benefits of our fund is, as you know, it's diversified across 60 locations in mainland UK resulting in a good diversification of tenants from the public and private sector, and as such, minimising the impact on specific sectors or towns through COVID-related economic challenges. Historically, rents have tended to rise with wage inflation, with our rents in the fund currently about 1.8% up annually. So residential property being a real asset has the potential of being able to provide inflation-proofing for both capital and income. So, as far as um, yields on uh, the income share class, we only launched in April, so we haven't got a historical yield yet. But based on the actual yield on the accumulation classes, we're estimating class C will be about 2.4% per annum, which is very attractive. And the housing market effectively closed in March, along with everything else. Now it's yeah. started to reopen. Are you seeing a wave of pent-up demand coming through, um, or are people holding off due to job uncertainty and the possibility of a recession? Indeed. I mean, as you know, um, estate agencies in England opened at very short notice, actually, on the 18th of May to great fanfare. Um, by mid-June, sales were up 4%, with demand in June, 46% up on March. Um, but And overall, it's about 25% up year on year now in, in July. Um, but what's interesting is Rightmove's latest data is suggesting this increased demand has, in, has translated into actual deals with the number of sales in mid-July 35% up on a year ago. But we've got to remember that those three months we still lost. We still think we're going to lose about 120,000 sales this year, which is quite quite a big impact on, on the transactional levels. If we look at sort of the market now, we're seeing that right move is indicating average asking prices are 2.4% higher. Zoopla is saying 2.7% higher annually. We've got to remember this is actually just asking prices. It's showing a lot of confidence in the market. But we need to really look at deals done in order to, to see how the market's progressing. And the latest land registry data, actual transactions, is, is, is seeing about 1% uplift year on year. So, so that's good. I mean, going back to sort of the pent-up demand, um, it does appear that um, this is pent-up demand from three months of the market closing. And if you'd asked me a month ago, I'd have said the same thing. But most observers, including myself, are surprised at how persistent the rebound's been, which has now got extra momentum with the stamp duty holiday through to March 2020. 
2021, sorry. To me, it's actually clear that it's just a continuation of what was happening pre-COVID. When everyone was, sort of came back into the market with Brexit certainty, either way you voted, it was now certain that we were leaving, and also a majority government in place. Um, finally, it's, it, it's important to keep a, a long-term perspective. The positive drivers behind the, the rise in the UK PRS market are unaffected, and one might even argue strengthened by COVID-19. There's an acute undersupply of good quality homes and increasing demand from a higher and higher proportion of people renting. So as, as I've mentioned before, and Alan has too, over the past two decades, the percentage of people renting has doubled from 10 to 20%. And we expect this trend to continue towards levels in other markets in Europe, North America and Asia, where it's not unusual for 40 to 60% of people to be renting typically from institutional landlords such as Halfstone. You mentioned the yeah. rental market there and um, the fact that most of your, your rents had actually come through during the shutdown. Did you actually have to work with any tenants during that time to help them through that or was it actually quite simple in the end? Yeah, I mean, on the first video question, um, rents have been very resilient um, and the rental market really does hold up during crises. We're, we're seeing our rents about 1.8% up year on year versus the ONS index is about one and a half percent. So we've got a bit of alpha there. Um, and actually, uh, Zoopla um, released some statistics today that rental demand is 25% up year on year. So it's all it's all positive. But as far as working um, with our tents, what we did as soon as lockdown was announced, we immediately put a process in place and are continuing to work very hard alongside our property manager to help any tenants that have been impacted by COVID. So we have a weekly call um, every Wednesday afternoon. We speak to them and they, 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 we go through unit by unit any tenants that are having physical problems due to COVID. So we've set up payment plans, uh, rent review holidays, rent holidays. And we're really trying to balance um, the needs of both a tenant and investor. So... As at today, we've had, out of our 205 properties, we've had 26 tenants who have sort of put their hand up and said, I might, I might need help here. But actually only 13 are currently in arrears or on payment plans. So I think we've, by getting in nice and early and sort of managing, managing this, we've, we've done quite, quite well and the, the tenants seem very happy. Um, and what this has led to is um, our average rent collection from March to July, being 97.5% rent demanded, which we're really happy with. And actually in July, we, we, we collected over 100% of our rent, which shows that not only are the payment plans working, um, people are paying off their arrears, but people, are, are tenants are, are confident in their situation, their job security, uh, and so their economic situation going forwards. So, I mean, it's good to see that our rent collection remains close to our long-term average and actually significantly above other property sectors. Ultimately, people need a place to, to live and rent payments, are, rightly so, are the top of, top of their list. And what this shows is sort of the resilience of rental performance, uh, and it mirrors uh, previous downturns, such as during the 90s and 2008, 2009, and, and rent collection from existing tenants remains robust 
And uh, actually, and demand actually, as I mentioned, increases in times of uncertainty as potential buyers put their plans on hold and opt to rent instead. And has the pandemic changed the sort of the type of house that people are looking for anyway? I don't know whether it's too early to tell, but are people looking for more gardens and things now? Well, I think it's a good question. I get asked this quite a bit, and I think this sort of kicked off because there was a an RSCS um, survey that announced the sh- an inverted commas a sharp increase in desire for properties with gardens. And in that vein, I started noticing a lot of developers drawing attention to office space within their units, be it for sale or rental. And whilst I think this is good marketing and PR, and, and probably what people want. That extra room comes at extra cost, be it purchase price, rental, and there's still the inevitable price barriers for moving up the ladder and getting that extra space. Personally, I think um, the pandemic will speed up people's decisions to leave cities and move to quieter, more spacious areas, but I'm not sure it will add more people to that pool, if you will, because you either want to live in a city or, or, or you want to live in the country is my personal opinion. And I, I, I'd characterize this as a, as a shift in priorities rather than a structural change in, in market fundamentals. And interestingly, actually, Zoopla's report at the end of July um, states that the flight from the cities is overstated and they see it as more of a one-off factor than a long-term seismic shift. But what is good, if, if this does come to fruition, um, our fund is well set up um, to meet those demands for tenants. We've got 55% of our properties with gardens, and the last two deals um, were all, all um, had gardens. So we're, we're very much catering to, to, to sort of what we see as, uh, as that potential need if, if it does uh, transpire. But I think just have giving... It's outside space. It, it, it's good for the sort of well-being as well, isn't it? Especially with what's, what's been going on. And you also mentioned briefly the stamp duty holiday that the Chancellor yeah. announced uh, recently, and these green home grants. As a landlord, are you able to take advantage of these in any way? And are you already making your homes more energy efficient? Good question. Um, on the stamp duty, we um, we can take advantage. We completed on a purchase in July, and we. Were, we only paid the 3% uplift and the additional sort of tranche. Um, I think the stamp duty holiday uh, will be most welcome to owner-occupiers looking to move up the ladder. If you remember, um, first-time buyers already have a stamp duty exemption up to £300,000. And I think the amounts that people can save are meaningful enough to provide uh, a nudge to those thinking to move. Maybe it won't bring people um, who weren't going to move anyway or thinking about it into the market. But what we're seeing actually is a huge, huge uptick in, in interest in London because where, where the house prices there are so high, um, there is that big saving to be made. Um, in regards to the, the, the Green Homes Grant, we're, we're generally excited about its introduction. Although as an institutional investor who owns and buys new and modern housing, um, we're quite far down the list of people who will actually be able to take advantage of the scheme. So they're prioritising people in fuel poverty, affordable homes over people like us. But in general, as I've mentioned before, the, the UK's housing stock is old and energy inefficient with average EPC rating being a D. 
And we very much hope this is the beginning of a greenhouse revolution, uh, which we've been pursuing for some time. And we've we've just started um, upgrading some of our properties. So 99% of our our units are EPC rated B or C. We've got four that are D. Now that people can go back to these these properties, they're going in to have a look to bring them from a D to a B or a C. And we've also... um, and this was signed off in February before all the, the pandemic. We've started a trial process um, whereby on we've got numerous sites where we own multiple units. We've selected two or three units within those sites where we will um, put in energy saving measures. There's solar or ground source heat pump, whichever is sort of economically viable. And then we're going to look at how that decreases the energy bills versus the identical unit next door and therefore how that impacts on the rent and tenant demand. Because we think, you know, you've got two two properties identical next door to each other. One has zero bills, energy bills, and one has £100 a month, for example. You're, you're willing to pay a little bit more for one with no bills. But that's, that's a, a trial process we're going through now as well. And what's your longer-term outlook for the residential property sector? I think there's been quite a lot of interest from pension funds and institutional investors recently. What's what's their motivation going into the sector now? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so longer-term outlook. I mean, I don't think we're doing a lot of research on this at the minute. And the long-term forecasts haven't really moved from a pre-COVID world. So everyone, you know, everyone's expecting it to be flat or a slight dip this year but but going back very you know long term one to two percent real growth per annum um with three percent house price growth next year and onwards um so everyone's still relatively confident in the sector the market and, and showing just how robust it is um as for the institutional activity since the um the global financial crisis um interest levels have been at record lows with you know, the market is regularly panicking about a shift in central bank policy. This has resulted in fixed income instruments becoming more volatile and deliver, delivering lower yields. Um, and as these are a core holding for any pension fund and, and most private investors who, who typically score low to, to medium in terms of their risk appetite, um, as such, we've seen we've seen a huge shift from um, institutional and private investors towards alternative asset classes such as as residential that offers this diversification, downside protection, sustainable income, as long as, as I mentioned earlier, sort of inflation proofing. Um, so pension funds and, and other institutional investors have allocated one to three billion every year over the past decade, resulting in over 30 billion invested in the UK residential sector. Um, we see this growth and institutionalization of the sector as a, a, as a longer term, multi-decade shift. As, as previously mentioned, the UK lags well behind other markets with the dominance of the owner-occupying model coupled with amateur buy-to-let landlords. But these are, are both in decline now due to affordability challenges and lifestyle choices. Um, so I think that is just going to continue to grow. There's, there's always that demand for, for good quality rental products and, and the institutions are stepping in. So in answer to your final bit of the question, um, how we do it differently, um, our fund makes the sector available to institutional and retail investors. 
And our approach actually is different as we allocate to mainstream houses rather than big, expensive built-to-rent blocks where, where you're reliant on achieving the top rents in the market and attracting more affluent tenants. We, we very much focus on the mid-market. We, we like to call it affordable with a small a housing. You know, our average rents are £1,000 a month. Our average tenant salary is about £25,000 to £26,000 a year. So it's a very different approach, targeting very different um, assets and income. That's brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And if you'd like to find out more about the TM Home Investor Fund, please go to funcalibre.com and don't forget to subscribe to the Investing on the Go podcast. Please remember we've been discussing individual stocks to bring investing to life for you. It's not a recommendation to buy or to sell. The fund may or may not still hold these stocks at the time of your listening. 